Welcome to Simply Finance, the podcast series designed to educate Australia on simply everything finance. Welcome to the fourth episode of Simply Finance. Today, we're talking about Chattel Mortgages, the serious business behind the funny name. My name, of course, is Matt Tarrant, and today I'm joined by industry expert, Chris Murray, who's over five years experience working in finance. Chris, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, mate. Now, uh, you've got a bit of an interesting background prior to starting in finance. Can you maybe tell me what you're doing before getting into the industry? Yes. So uh, I've been in the industry for uh, about five years now. Um, I'm originally from the UK, uh, as you can probably tell. Um, In the UK, I was working in fleet. Um, Since moving to Adelaide, um, I kind of stumbled into the finance game, to be honest with you, uh, working for a small um, kind of boutique uh, asset finance company here in South Australia um, and have now been with Positive for about three and a half years. And enjoying it so far? Yeah, love it. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Hence why I've been doing it for three and a half years and, and can't see myself uh, getting out of it, to be, to be honest with you. Now, um, I brought you on today to have a chat about something that I'm not particularly familiar with. In fact, we were even talking before the episode on even how to pronounce this particular word. But today we're talking about chattel mortgages. First of all, did I do that right? Is there other ways to pronounce it? Explain. No, you've nailed it, mate. That's that's what we call it anyway. That's how we we pronounce it. I've heard many a different pronunciation, um, but let's go with chattel mortgages. Definitely over the next 15 minutes, you'll hear me probably say it a variety of different ways. So <laughs> chattel is what I'm going to try to say. Now, what actually is a chattel mortgage? Yeah, so a chattel mortgage essentially is... Um, yeah, is, 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 you're exactly right. It's a, it's a funny word for something very simple. It's a, it's a loan for business owners. Um, business owners will apply, wh- whether you're a sole trader or a company or even a trust. Um, it is a fancy word for, for a business owner buying an asset. Okay, so it's a specific business finance only. So a, a person uh, that doesn't have a business couldn't actually apply for a chateau mortgage. The majority of people that apply are business owners. There is there is a circumstance where if you are working for a company, um, if you're in a role such as a BDM where you will be using your car, like a business development manager where you will be using your car um, day-to-day for getting to appointments and, and that kind of stuff, you can apply if you aren't self-employed. Uh, but the majority of, of chattel mortgages are for people that are self-employed. Okay. So you mentioned car. Now, when I hear the word mortgage, I usually think home loan, uh, but I'm assuming in this instance, a business isn't applying for a home loan. Uh, is this solely just for car loans? No, absolutely right. People do definitely hear the word mortgage, mortgage and they automatically think of a home loan. Um, but a chattel mortgage can be for any asset purchase really. So, you know, it could be for a car, a truck, um, a crane, you know, there, there's all sorts, any kind of serialized asset. Uh, really can be bought under a chattel mortgage. Um, uh, the, the word mortgage is essentially used in the same in the same way as it would for a home loan. Essentially, the the security is taken over um, the the asset that's being purchased, but um, it's certainly not for uh, home loans, and it can be used for any kind of asset. Okay, now big business usually also means big money. So I'm assuming when it comes to chattel mortgages, there are quite often some pretty big assets being financed. Uh, I'm assuming there's been some fairly expensive ones that you've financed in the past. Do you know the most expensive one and what it was? Yeah. So look, for me, I, I finance all sorts of different assets. So um, a couple of examples are a hay baler, which was something I didn't really know what it 
well, I didn't know what that was until I financed it. Um, recently, I've financed a wine um, bottling machine. Um, so that was over $100,000. The most expensive thing that I've financed um, is, a, is a truck. It was only about $175,000. To me at the time, I was thinking, you know, Wow, this is this is really expensive. But you know, some of the other guys have financed um, cranes, uh, and as a company, we financed uh, two helicopters. The most expensive one uh, being one point six million dollars. So, um, I would love to would have I would have loved to do that deal. Unfortunately, that wasn't my deal. But um, just just one of the examples of of some of the cool stuff we get to finance. It's nice to have my helicopter parked at the back of my house as well. So once again, I appreciate you guys <laughs> sorting that for me. Um, Thanks, mate. Yeah, we're looking forward to um, to having another ride. In that <laughs> one of the things I guess I want to know is: um, is there a difference between a regular car loan and then a chattel mortgage? Essentially, other than the fact that the, the word chattel mortgage is for the business owners, not really. Um, there are different benefits between the two um, in terms of a tax benefit for um, for that business owner. But if it, if if the if the asset is for fifty one percent or more business use, um, that's when when the the client would generally um, apply for a for a chattel mortgage. Other than that, the difference between that and the car loan, well, obviously, like we said, a car is is a car loan, and the the chattel mortgage can be used for any asset purchase. But there's not a huge difference between between them, other than that. Okay. Now, I guess when it comes to personal finance, generally the process is pretty smooth and easy. Um, is it a different process for a chateau mortgage? Can you maybe explain a little bit about how that process kind of works? Yeah. Again, look, ultimately the the process is is again very similar. You know, we would understand what the what the client wants to buy, and obviously, like we said, it's a business buying it, so it's really important for us to understand why the business is buying that asset and how it's going to benefit them because it, it gives us an understanding of more so what, what the what the business actually does, um, but also how that how that asset is going to benefit the business. So for example, if it's a you know a tradie buying a ute or you know a wine company buying one of these bottling machines, it's really important for us to understand just exactly how that asset is going to benefit the client. Um, and we do that as part of our kind of in, in you know preliminary assessment understanding what they want to buy um, and how it's going to benefit the client. From there, uh, the process is pretty much the same. We run through an application. We get an understanding of the rest of their profile, assets and liabilities that they have currently, you know, where they're living, whether they're a property owner, whether they're renting, um, et cetera. Okay, all of those kind of things which are um, make the client's profile a whole. From there, we would use our knowledge and and understanding of the deal and what what financials are available to then find the most appropriate lender um, we'd submit to that lender um, you know get the deal approved find the asset get the invoice and then send it for settlement okay so let's say perhaps I have a business uh, and I want to increase my fleet of helicopters and I want to apply for a chateau mortgage what's something that I need to prepare for is it a different process to a normal sort of loan is there paperwork I need to provide uh, I guess what sort of things do I need to prepare before getting one of these loans yeah definitely so there's a lot of different factors which will determine what documents we'll need um, things like the length of um, time that that person has been in business, the asset they're buying, the the cost of the asset, and their credit history, um, all of these factors will will help us determine exactly what documents we need from the client. Um, for assets normally over around about hundred thousand dollars, we would need to provide full financials. Okay, now that was tax returns or FAS statements. Um, 
notice of assessment depending on the structure of the um, of the business that is, that is buying that asset okay like i said whether it's a sole trader or a company um, each has slightly different financials which we would need to get um, and again depending on the client's profile the, the stronger the client um, often the less documents we're likely to need so you mentioned best statements then what, what actually is a best statement yeah, so a BAS statement is a document which is, um, or a form which is submitted to the ATO um, by uh, entities which are GST registered, um, essentially reporting um, their, you know, reporting their tax obligations, including GST, um, and essentially they're, they're, they're lodged either monthly or, uh, sorry, quarterly or annually, and essentially outline um, what the business has been, do, been doing for that quarter. So does that mean I need to be paying GST to actually apply for a chattel mortgage or if someone is not paying GST, would they still perhaps apply for one? Yeah, no, they can certainly still apply. Um, if you're not GST registered, it means that the income that you declare can't be over $75,000, therefore meaning it makes it very tricky to buy an asset, for example, which is $100,000 when you can't declare that your income is, is over $75,000 if you're not GST registered, but certainly... Applicants who are not GST registered still certainly can qualify for a chattel mortgage. Okay, so you've seen, I guess, a lot of chattel mortgages over the years, uh, and probably seen them go well and go wrong. Do you have any tips, perhaps, of uh, for someone that's maybe thinking to apply for one? Yeah, definitely, and, and I'm certainly not just saying this, but um, I think, and you know, it's, it's something that you said you weren't. You know, he didn't know too much about. There is a lot of different um, circumstances, a lot of different clients, a lot of different um, scenarios um, in, in applying for a chattel mortgage. I would certainly suggest talking to a broker. Um, brokers know exactly what what we need. We know the best lenders to apply for. To, you know, depending on your profile as well as the asset that you're buying. So my first tip would definitely be talk to a broker, okay? Secondly, um, have a chat with your accountant. Really get an understanding of the tax benefits, uh, the implications, and the best way to structure your loan by having a chat to your accountant. They would be, you know, a couple of really important tips uh, as well as just how is this, how is this going to benefit your business, whether it's going to benefit to increase productivity or efficiency, or whether you're just going to get it as a tax benefit. All of those are things to consider. Speaking to an accountant and a broker will help you make the right decision. Perfect. Now, um, one of the things I guess I've heard recently about loans, which I haven't heard perhaps in the past, is a thing called a balloon payment. Um, and from what I understand, they do kind of relate to Chattel mortgages at times. What actually is a balloon payment and how does that work? Yeah, so a balloon payment is an optional um, you know, thing for, for someone to take. You can either you can choose to have a balloon, you can choose to not have a balloon, depending on on what best fits your business. A balloon is a one-off payment at the end of the loan term. Okay, so let's say you take a, a five-year loan term, okay, and you, you decide to have a 30% balloon. So the, the asset price that you, um, or the asset that you're buying, let's say that's $100,000, and you take a $30,000 balloon, 30% of that amount is due at the end of the loan term. So you'd be, you'd have to pay that $30,000 at the end of the loan term. So um, some people decide to take one, some people don't, just depending on, um, you know, a lot of people will, will decide or, you know, before they buy the asset, do they want to keep the asset for, you know, for 10 years or five years? Um, from there, that will help you determine whether to take a balloon or not. 
Yeah, because I guess making that big payment at the end of a mortgage or at the end of the Chateau mortgage, sorry, could be quite tough for some businesses and some people. Um, uh, what's the sort of person you would think would normally have a, a balloon payment at the end of their account? Yeah, so a lot of people who are thinking that they're only going to keep that asset or, you know, let's say that car that they're buying for five years and then upgrade it, those people often do decide to take the balloon, okay, or have a balloon. That way they're not, you know, paying so much equity into a car which they're not going to, or an asset that they're not going to keep beyond the five years anyway. Things that need to be considered is, yes, that, that balloon payment will be due at the end of the loan term. So um, people just need to consider, you know, are they going to pay that off? Are they going to be trading that car in? You know, you are able or people are, the option is there to, to refinance that balloon. But again, lending criteria will apply to that again. Okay. So we've touched on a lot of what actually a Chattel mortgage is and everything around it, I guess. I guess the last sort of question I have is what are the benefits of applying or that come perhaps with a Chattel mortgage? Yeah. So there are a lot of different benefits. That's why it is the most common way for business owners to, to, to finance these assets. Um, it's something that you should certainly speak to your accountant about. Okay. They will give you the, the tax advice or the accountant accounting advice, but look, if you're GST registered, you certainly can claim the GST on the on that uh, purchase price when you're doing your business activity or BAS statement. Um, you can claim the interest that you pay over the term of the loan as a tax deduction, um, and you can claim the depreciation up to the depreciation limit as a tax deduction as well. Perfect. Chris, I, uh, I look forward to getting in touch with you when I need another helicopter or the next big business purchase, mate. But I, uh, I really appreciate you coming on and chatting to us today. No worries. Thanks, mate. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Simply Finance, brought to you by Positive Lending Solutions. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can also find both myself, Matt Tarrant, and Chris Murray across all social media platforms. And, of course, Positive Lending Solutions, via the Positive Group Facebook page and on LinkedIn. And be sure to join us next week where we discuss the big one, home loans. We look forward to joining you then. All of the ideas and advice discussed in this podcast is of a general nature only. Always consult a financial expert like the ones at Positive Lending Solutions before applying for credit or making a financial decision.